Hey there, listeners. So, Nia and I would like to introduce you to Extra Credit. You can think of Extra Credit as an even more informal conversation between Nia and myself, where we discuss a part of the most recently released episode. In this bonus content, we discuss a portion of Raising Black Sons that really struck both of us, my mom calling me hot-tempered. This notion is one that both Nia and myself mostly disagree with. In most of this extra content, we grapple with trying to answer, did mom actually see me as hot-tempered, or did she buy into that racist idea around black men? We also dive into the emotional impact of my mom's perception of me. Just a heads up, you may hear some notifications in the background, like Grinder. I'm still Bayless, so don't judge. But anywho, let's listen in. How do you feel about this conversation when mom is talking about, in, in, in some sense, dad, but really mom is talking about your temper and your, yeah. res- you know, how you, your temperament was? I'm hot-headed. Maybe yeah. Yeah, and that she had to prepare you for that because of this personality. Well, I well, I have several reactions. Um, one is I'm only gonna say a little bit because I, I we may or may not be able to use this audio so that we can go in deeper. But I think it's interesting, right, that you're called spicy, and I'm called like hot tempered, mm-hmm. because to me that's very gendered and coded language like like spicy and i would assume like spicy that's hot too like yeah hot to me that's the same exactly mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's through this different lens um i definitely have a reaction that's around it's funny that you know we talk about I, i've talked about me feeling like a bad kid i never really felt hot tempered i think do do i because I hear, like, not being able to handle my emotions, and I don't feel like I was ever like that as a kid. Like, there were just certain people, you being one of them, that could... (laughs) That could could take you there. That could take me there. But in general, like, not a lot of people would take me there. Like, and I can even think about the times where, like, in high school, where I was called a nigger by a white person. And that was met with a more docile response by me and a misunderstanding. Like, and any times where I actually had like a, I think a physical kind of response to someone, I actually had to build myself up to that. Mm. Um, And it usually wasn't like me reacting. It was like, hey, I know this may come. And so I was, as an introverted, walking through the scenarios of what happened with it when this happens. And oftentimes it was kind of even a... um, engineered response rather than this actual visceral response that mm. I was having. Mm. And it, but and, and when I say that, that's to, like, people outside of family. Like, would I be hot-tempered with you or dad? Yeah, but outside of our family, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm struggling with the conversation because I would never have said that you were hot-headed or hot-tempered. And even so, to me, spicy and hot-tempered is the same. So I almost wonder if they felt like they needed to see you within this lens to prepare you for racism or if this was truly the lens in which they saw you. Mm. Because I feel like this lens in in, in and of itself is racist. Yes. Right? Like, and this is problematic for me because to me, you weren't any of these things. Even even though we went back and forth, like, as kids, I never looked at you and said, oh, you got an anger problem. Right. So this this conversation is, like, 
kind of problematic for me. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, okay, did they really see him this way? Mm. And were preparing him because they they really thought that he had an anger problem? Mm-hmm. Did they think that the world would see him this way? Mm-hmm. And therefore had to sell themselves this idea mm-hmm. in order to prepare you? Or like, was this racist fucking like worldview right. in in their parenting? And I'm just I'm struggling with it. Yeah, I think it doesn't have to be an either or thing. It can be an and. Yeah. Um, because when I also like me now being a mental health professional and like seeing clinically diagnosed like ang- um, anger outbursts or those kind of things, did I have that? Absolutely not. But maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, like a part of it for them was like they had to be real stringent with what is even considered angry when she was even and maybe that also went because we already know she treated us different and right. preparing us and for her like even if me if I stood a certain way or postured a certain way she knew that that would be read as anger right and then it's easier to call that anger to call that um, I'm doing this because of white supremacy or da da da. Mm. Um, and do I think, and as I tell students that I work with and people, um, one of the first things like we do is like this admission. Um, and it's an admitting that we are like humans within a society that um, gives us all these messages. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, oftentimes, uh, we, um, c- when we consume these messages, we believe them. Right. And so for black folks, sometimes that's an internalization of these racist ideals. Yeah. And so I see that as, while she might have been, there might be an, an engagement and preparation. There was also this latent upholding of this racist ideal. Right. Being played into. Cause that's, yeah. But, and I think one thing that we don't hear we're not going to hear it in this part one, but we'll come out later is I think, and this is a, this is something that I, t- I'm tasked with and I feel I experience, um, being torn around it. And I imagine people of color do period, but that's like torn with like what re- reality should be and what reality is. is. Sure. So like, like, should she have said like, Nevin, I don't think you're actually, uh, have a bad temper or things, but people might see you about that and should have been very specific in that language. Absolutely. But given all the other things that she may or may not have been balancing, um, and trying to do, um, like she was maybe probably trying to prepare me for a reality of a world that we actually live in and not this ideal world that she was hoping that we'd one day. Yeah. But that's my question is like, did she really see you as this? Maybe it doesn't matter, right? Because, like, her parenting was through that lens. But my question really is, like, did mom see you as a hot-headed person and therefore parented this way? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Word. Word. Or, uh-huh. or was she, as you're saying, like, had to buy into this idea in mm-hmm. order to, to justify what she was saying to you? Because, like, if you weren't hot-headed, would the approach have been different for her? Hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know that it matters at all. I don't know. I I don't... No, I don't think it does. Well, it's hard for me because I think of, right, it's beyond 
I'd like to think that when we think of like how we handle people, um, it's not just on their race and gender, but it's race, gender, gender identity, personality, it's height, their actual physicality as well. Yeah. And maybe it was knowing like my certain physicality at a standpoint, like how that would be perceived. Um, and so I would like to think, um, she was taking into consideration actually my personality, like these other aspects of of my identity, uh, through her approach. And hopefully that would change, you know, the type of preparation, right, that she did. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like in our more conscious approach today, right, Mm -hmm. in thinking about how do we raise black sons, the messaging is different now. Mm. And I appreciate, like, where the messaging was or has been and what it's evolving to. Because I think the messaging should be, again, I didn't see you hot-headed at all. all. Impatient, maybe, right? But but not hot-headed. I think the messaging should evolve to be or should be that, that... the world is messed up, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not that you're hot-headed. It's that they're hot-headed. It's that they, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And not wrong with you, so I have to parent you in this way so that bad outcomes don't happen because of your personality and racism is really just racism. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. That's all I was wondering. Got you. I have. What's your question? I was just wondering if they were hurting your feelings when they were saying you're hot-headed because I just don't I just don't remember that at all. Well, I think oh, and I remembered something else I was going to see. Were my were my feelings hurt in hearing it? I think I think not necessarily. I think part of it is like, oh, they didn't totally see me or see all of me. Mm. But I think the other part of it, and I think as an also queer person, like I've felt that way. So that's not an experience that I'm, that is new for me or uncommon for me. But I also think like part of it, um, which I forgot to mention, but part of it like also became this self-fulfilling prophecy because that's not the first time that I've heard, like, mom say language like that, or, or, or say that. And so I think it's also interesting, right, when we talked about, which um, people aren't going to hear, but they can read about, um, our conversation about my article, um, a blog post, how to um, teach uh, bad, poor um, black boys, yeah. and where I got that bad thing. Yeah. Not only just came from the school, because they brought it up like, no, we never heard anything from school, right? Right. But if you're also being told at home that you are that maybe you're hot-headed or impatient, like, those are also messages being internalized. So I think, like, I don't think it was, and I said maybe it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't think I actually fulfilled this prophecy, but I did take that label on, like, oh, I guess I can be this way sometimes. Mm. And so I think luckily for me, instead of, like, it being a prophecy being fulfilled... I was just aware, like, hey, I might need to take some extra breaths at times or walk away or do some things. But in the true aspect of life, it has come up where I've, like, needed to walk away and things like that. Yeah. But honestly, it has been rare. I can't really think of a time where I was the aggressor. It mm. was I was aggressed. And then my emotions <laughs> bubbled. And I was like, you need to walk away. But I think that's also in part of the training, right? Because when the aggressor, me knowing, like, being very conscious that 
if the aggressor's white and I bubble up mm-hmm. and I react, mm-hmm. it is very likely that I'm going to be the one that gets punished That's or right. in trouble. Um, so it's also in my best interest, self-preserving and a survival mechanism for me to walk away. Mm, I, I I hear that, and I think that's important. I I feel like I'm the more hot-headed one out of the two of us. I have very a very quick temper, I would say. And I, when I read your blog post, mm-hmm. I just rejected that label so hard. Yeah. Like I'm just like bad. Yeah. Like I felt like when I was growing up, we saw bad kids, like <laughs> kids that were labeled as bad, and people then I would never call a kid bad now, but. Yeah then that I would have said, oh, yeah, that's a bad kid. And that would not would have never been you. Yeah. So that's interesting, that label, twofold, because now, I, again, I think the way parenting has evolved or is hoping, hopefully evolved, is that we're really conscious of the labels we use for our kids, not just, like, in front of them, but how we talk about them. Yeah. So even stuff, not, not just, like, whether a kid is bad or not, but, like, oh, he's shy. Right. Because right? then, like you're saying, they internalize that and label. Them, and yeah. so with, you know, my son, peop, you know, my husband will be like, he's he's shy or he doesn't do this. And I'm like, no, don't use that label. Mm. Like, even if he's not present, because then you start to believe it and then mm-hmm. you tell them that and then they take that mm. on. You say instead, oh, he's slow to warm. He'll talk when he's ready. Mm. Like, so that it puts it in, you know, it gives them back the, the power. Mm. Oh, I'm not shy. Mm. I, I talk when I want to talk, mm. right? Yeah. And I think that's a different dynamic, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can model more of that for the reasons you just mentioned. Yeah. I don't want him to internalize any labels given by us because society is giving you a whole bunch of labels already. Already. That's um, I. That is something that I hope you know. All the parents are reading and <laughs> and doing, and hopefully, like the parents are really listening to this, and and they. And they do it because when I think about, um, because when I truly have my students myself do these admissions, it's the true idea, right? That though you spend as many hours as you do with your son, um, he's in school for what, eight hours, seven hours Mm -hmm. a day? And that's a lot of time. And so those messages that come aren't often like, hey, you're a shy kid. Mm -hmm. It's it's the implicit bias and that's what that main article really is about is how mm-hmm. implicit bias sneaks in and you don't have to give children direct messaging Explicit messages. um and it's the it's the oh it's the difference in expectation and what you allow so it's allowing the shy child to not talk mm-hmm. um or not raise their hand and expecting the one who you have labeled as oh this is um uh, uh a uh, I'm I'm not sure I know what this word means, but I'm gonna try a precocious kid. Does that sound <laughs> ac- accurate? Like a a lively, vivid kid, yeah. right? And say, let's say that both of them, right, both of these kids are in yeah. class one day. The kid that you've labeled labeled shy, and the kid that you've labeled like precocious. The, yes. So I guess that was the right word. Works. We'll go with it. <laughs> um, they're both having bad days, right? right? And they're both silent, right? And so you, as a teacher, you have labeled the kid that's shy. Oh, he's just silent. Period. Right. So you don't check on him. Right, but the kid that's, you know, this this character, you you call, you call on them and say we haven't heard from you, and you check in, and but but that already difference in expectation is going to create a difference of experience mm-hmm. that's going to follow them, um, and and I think in these cases in different ways. So right when the bad tempered kid mm-hmm. right acts out, oh this is what he does. Right, send him to the 
principal's office. Right. Oh, the good-natured kid, he's acts out. Something must be going on. Right. Right. You're, you're giving second chances. You're you're doing this. You're like, okay, let me pull you to the side. Let me work with you. Right. You're willing to have the cat. Oftentimes, that bad-tempered kid is the black kid in these classes and the one that's good is white or pure or and 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 it's not the kid of color yeah no i think that's real that's real talk i also maybe this is a conversation for another day but you said earlier you felt like they didn't see you Mm. can we go back to that like we just like kind of glossed over that and i think that's important yeah i think well this is (laughs) there's so much to say here but i think it's uh, a lot of that is just family structure mm. and me being at the time the youngest child. <laughs> Woo! Hope they caught that one. <laughs> <laughs> Where um, I think, and you like you were you were first, so you were also the first to do things and, and, and get things. Or that was sports for the first time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I oftentimes would feel like I'm in your shadow. Mm. Um, but the way often for me to get attention was through sports. Mm-hmm. The issue with that is I felt like they only saw me through sports. Mm-hmm. And what sports is connected to and the sports that I played were physicality and aggressiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if I'm sad about anything and not being seen, it's like, uh, I don't think they view me as, a, as intelligent, right? I think you... Still? You, I, I think they're like, they're like, maybe he's cunning or I'm, I'm not saying like they think I'm stupid I definitely think that, that they think I'm smart like, yeah. like but I think anytime that I say something smart or do something it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> wow even today you feel like that yeah wow, yeah that's yeah yeah I think absolutely you have a PhD absolutely. You I know, I know, but and doesn't... and I have to remind your father oftentimes that they wasn't just giving them away one day, <laughs> and I happened to, and happened to turn down the right street, <laughs> and I asked for one because it'll be like you know that PhD is paying off. I'm like yeah, like yes, like literally, like I yeah, they weren't just giving them away. So I make it a thing. That's to so interesting. People. Wow. Yeah, my narrative of you is so different than either their narrative or your perception of their their narrative. narrative. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Word. Word.